great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... This is the Shop Buffalo Football Podcast coming to you. I am Matt Perino from St. John Fisher University in Pittsburgh, New York. We are back in the dorms. As you can see, we're rocking out here. He is Ryan Talbot. Uh, we are brought to you by Value Home Centers. And man, they'll take care of you guys. Uh, customers can shop anytime at valuehomecenters.com. And what that means is you could shop their huge selection online, get it shipped right to your house. If there's a product maybe that you look you were looking for at your uh, local store, they didn't have it, you can find it online, valuehomecenters.com. They will ship it to your local store to pick up or they'll ship it right to you. Uh, so check out their huge selection. They have a huge selection over at the warehouse. Ryan Talbot, what's up, buddy? Hey, not too much. Uh, happy to be talking training camp with you. Uh, Bills fans, we're going to be talking about Matt's observations, but if you haven't read them yet, they are up on the site, nyup.com and syracuse.com. You were up in town at Resurgence on Friday. We did a big uh, training camp preview. And if you do want to check that full thing out, I I would highly recommend going on the audio side, uh, Spotify um, and Apple. Uh, Our guy Colin did a really nice job with that. And it sounds a lot better on there. Uh, It was a deep dive with Jeremy White, John Scott, Del Reed, uh, Josh Reed from Channel 4. And we went into a lot of questions. We're going to... Uh, react to some of the first observations that we saw out on the the practice field today. But you you've been, kind of been following along from home. What have, what was your big first takeaway from day one? St. John Fisher, uh, the Bills are back here. Yeah, play the rookies. I think, man. I, I think a lot of rookies stepped up in a positive way today. So I think that might be a good starting point for us. Let's go to James Cook first because I don't know if there's a player that I've been asked about more since April than James mm-hmm. Cook. And in a lot of ways, you know, I've gotten to thinking over the last couple of weeks, man, this is Bills fans are kind of putting expectations really high for this kid in year one. We've seen what it's, what has happened in the past for, for running backs that come in here. Uh, it's usually kind of a slow start walk before you can run under the, you know, in the Sean McDermott uh, regime, the excitement level with Cook is that he does things a little bit differently. And I, I, you saw it today on the practice field. Now, important note, no pads are on yet. So all the observations are from, you know, flag football, basically, right? So, you know, of course, the guys that are speedy, they can, that look good with the ball in their hands, they're going to stand out on a day like today. But the fact that James Cook did stand out today, I think it's newsworthy. I think it's somewhere to, you know, worth starting. And he looks comfortable. A big reason why the Bills really covet that spring period is to get their younger players up to speed with the playbook, with, you know, just making them feel comfortable in the offense around the other guys. You know, James Cook looked really good at rookie minicamp, but it's a whole different thing to kind of stand out on a day where the offense is struggling amongst all of the other veterans. I mean, that was the first team starting defense uh, for the Bills out there. And there was a few reps. I'm not, I can't get into where he played and when he played, but, you know, he was sprinkled all over the place. And I, and I think that making those, kinds of plays those flash plays are good i'll go to one in particular that 
that stood out. He had a rushing touchdown. That was really nice. You saw the burst, you know, get through the line, but again, they're not tackling. So it's hard to kind of judge that there was a pass from case Keenum and we could get into his day a little bit as well later on. And I thought, listen, it was a boom, boom play. He got to the second level. He made a nice move. Case Keenum found him through a dart over the middle, makes a nice catch, but you got to make that catch. And we're going to get to somebody later in the show that, you know, didn't make a couple catches today. And so I think that's a good place to start. James Cook, you know, really, really looking comfortable. I'm excited to what it's going to look like. The Bills put on pads July 30th. That is this Saturday. Ryan Tablet, you're going to be here for the first padded practice. Going to be there for the first padded practice. It'll be the 29th as well. 29th and 30th, really looking forward to it. But yeah, James Cook, you know, usually you mentioned it. The the Bills bring their rookies along slowly unless there is an absolute pressing need to get them out of the field. And in the case of a Trey White, Tremaine Edmonds, you get the gist. There's not a pressing need to get him on the field with Devin Singletary there. You can start him out as that pass catching back on third downs. Um, but as the season goes on, I would like to see him get some reps running the ball, more reps running the ball, more opportunities to catch the ball in the backfield. He's coming from a Georgia program where he still has a lot of tread on the tires, so to speak. He was not uh, an every down back there. He was part of a rotation. I think that's going to benefit him. He has that burst. that This team is kind of missing from the running back position. So uh, I think that the ceiling is extremely high on James Cook. And to show up day one, mind you, as you mentioned, a non-padded practice. And, and to kind of stand on the field, that's a great start and a great, uh, you know, a great place for Cook to be in terms of in front of all the fans, in front of all those teammates saying, listen, I can make plays when given the ball. So Terrell Bernard is the other rookie that I want to highlight here. And this is somebody that, again, every time we do one of these post-practice shows, Terrell Bernard is a name that kind of pops up in the comment section, in our DMs. And today you you really saw the speed. And I think a cool thing that you, when you see something like this happen, Bernard got the six weeks to kind of go back to the drawing board, take what he what he's learned, which is probably a lot considering the guy is super smart, somebody that they kind of, talked about when they drafted him for his ability to get into a playbook, play fast on the, on the field because of how smart he plays. You saw that out there today, a couple plays that he made. The first was in seven on a set on seven. And listen, that really puts the defense in the bind. You, a lot of times you're one-on-one with a, with a skill pos, uh, position player. That's probably faster th- than you. They know what you're doing. You, they, they're doing, you don't really know what, uh, you know, they're doing. And he made a play on Dawson Knox where, you know, Knox got some separation immediately off the snap and then shortly after that Bernard just like closed the distance super fast made it a contested catch situation again seven on seven one-on-one drill no pads but to to recover like that that's what you're kind of looking for in this kind of setting uh confidence building plays and so uh Bernard gets in there he breaks it up it could have been it was hard I was standing at the other end of the field it could have been a drop on Knox it could have been a pass breakup I thought Bernard did a really good job on the play to close the distance and make it a situation then later in practice I believe it was Case Keenum uh who threw one and Bernard was just uh it was kind of behind James Cook a little bit so he had to make an adjustment but it even if that was a really well placed ball Bernard had such good positioning on the play that he's probably going to break that up and you start to envision what it could look like. I think a lot of people are like, all right, how does Bernard get on the field? And when they drafted him, size comparison-wise, he does have some comparable size measurements to Taron Johnson. I mean, he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit bulkier. But I think in a lot of ways, Ryan, we're seeing, and this isn't even like any inside information from what happened out there today in terms of where they lined him up. 
But a lot of times you see Taron Johnson out there. If you didn't see his number, you'd probably think that he was just a you know playing linebacker, right? And I think in a lot of ways with the speed that Bernard brings to the table, they can kind of splash him out there in similar ways. Maybe kind of go with a rotation approach and, and involve the linebacker more. And, you know, Bernard maybe has some of that positionless flexibility that I think that this defensive coaching staff covets. Yeah. You, you know, when he was drafted, I compared him to Matt Milano, the, the safety converted to a linebacker type of player, uh, similar size, faster in terms of speed, but a lot of the, uh, lot of the same attributes and I like the Taron Johnson comparison too I think you can line him up in a lot of different ways and he's going to uh, when given the opportunity to be able to make plays for this defense again just like Cook having a rookie a day two pick get out there and make some splash plays on day one that's encouraging they liked him for the skill set they like the fact that he can close on plays that he has the sideline uh, the, the speed to go sideline sideline is not an inside linebacker or anything like that, but he, he has the ability to move all over the field uh, in an impressive manner. And in today's NFL, you need players like that. Players that can line up with your running backs, players that can line up with tight ends who are more athletic than ever. Uh, so to have a guy like Terrell Bernard out there in, in terms of uh, maybe being the third linebacker in some sets, maybe just getting out of the field in, in other ways. Uh, I really think that again, just like cook, this is a good start. Uh, Matt, I, I do see some comments in here about a few other rookies that I'll throw your way. They want to know about Elam and they'd like to know about Matt Ariza. Yeah, not a lot for Ariza again. I'm wondering if we'll get to see him hold finally tomorrow. Today it was all Matt Hawk. And, you know, he had a couple booming punts. I mean, he's out there. The conditions were nice. He was sprinkling a little bit at times, but, you know, he sent a couple. I, I saw one video that was kind of going around uh, on Twitter. Find that, if you will. We're not really allowed to report too much from the special teams portion, but I thought he looked good. I thought he looked comfortable, even on the sidelines, watching uh, as Matt Hawk was holding for Tyler Bass on a few field goals. I mean, you just get the vibe off the guy that he's a confident kid. Not a lot to report on him yet, uh, in my eyes. I, I will I will give a shout out. I, I would imagine Joe Biscaglia's notebook is a little bit thicker on the page that goes for punters, so you're going to want to check that out over at the, at the Athletic later today. It's not already out already. He really dives into the punters. I will talk about Elam because there was a couple of plays. Man, he was splashed over all over the place today. He had a couple matchups. Sean McDermott mentioned it. With Tredavious White out, it's going to be Elam and Dane Jackson that are going to be out there with the first team. And, you know, we can't really get too much into the into the weeds reporting with who's playing where. But occasionally when the, when the coach goes into it a little bit, we could talk a little bit more about it. And, you know, that that's you figure that, right? I mean, that's the two guys next on the depth chart. And I thought today they both had their struggles. I mean, Gabriel Davis, man, he is just a load. I mean, he's been a load to deal with the last three years, two two seasons. This now um, has been his third season. Now you could just see the physicality that he plays with, the comfort that he plays with. Every time that these guys get lined up with him, it is tough. And Dane Jackson was on him a couple of times. Elon was on him a, t- a couple of times. And then the same thing went for Stephon Diggs. And one rep in particular, Kyrie Ky- Elam got absolutely dusted by, by Diggs. Which, listen, in a one-on-one situation, man-on-man, I know that his strength was press coverage. You're going to struggle in that situation against Stephon Diggs. The best of the best in this league talk about you know, not wanting to be on an island with them. We've seen what's happened to J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore in recent years when that's happened. And the paychecks that those dudes have cashed have been the the stuff that Kyer Elam is dreaming about right now. So it's a situation where you're going to be in those circumstances. You got to learn from it. The The only problem was 
the way that this offense was kind of struggling in the red zone work that they did today, Elam uh, got beat. Stefan Diggs made a perfect move to the inside, was wide open. Josh Allen just read the play wrong, thought Diggs was going to break it to the outside, threw it there, incomplete pass. So, you know, they're still kind of getting their their wires aligned. Uh, they got him crossed a few times today, and Josh Allen spoke about it. He said, at this point in camp, you want to go red zone early so that you can kind of go back to the drawing board, get all the, the people in a room and figure out, okay, we need to do this better, this better, and this better. And as you progress through camp, you start seeing like, you know, checkpoints, right? And okay, we check this off the list. We check this off the list. He's like, at any point in camp, if something's perfect, he basically alluded to the fact that you're not going to really see that too often because there's so many things that you're kind of testing out for the first time. That's what practice is for. And that's what this was practice. Yeah, there's going to be mistakes on both sides. And when it comes to Kyrie Elam, listen, the, the old saying, iron sharpens iron. This is going to be good for him to, to go against Gabriel Davis, who, you know, he came into his own, obviously, in that playoff game against the Chiefs with four touchdowns. But he's put in a lot of work this offseason to work on his frame, being even bigger, uh, around 227 pounds at that. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup out of the gate for him. You have Stefan Diggs, one of the best receivers in the game right now. At least he's going to be ready come preseason regular season he's going to know what it's like to go in some of the best the best and that's only going to benefit him whether uh it's early in the season when it's possibly him and dane jackson out there or whenever Tredavious white is ready and it's either elam or jackson opposite him we know that these reps now getting beaten you never want to see it happen if you're that player but this is going to benefit him long term tim settle settling in nicely on the bills defensive line uh got a little action today it was case keenum who Honestly, really got his day on track after what I thought, man, one of my observations of, of, of Case Keenum here now watching him in about, what, a dozen practices? Not even a dozen, probably like half a dozen. He starts slow in practice, Ryan. Early on in practice, he he throws some ducks. It's almost like the arm strength has to kind of get going. Now, he's getting a little bit older, so maybe it's just about, about being a slow starter. Um, but one of them came to sit Tim Settle today where the pressure was just absolutely in his face. He did, he was running out of options really quickly. He had to figure out something to do. He kind of tried to, like, dump it off, I think, and he threw it directly at Tim Settle. And, hey, man, sometimes as a defensive lineman, you get a ball thrown on you that, that quickly. They were really close quarters. It wouldn't be surprising if he wasn't able to make a play on that ball, but he 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 clenched his arms, brought it in, hauled it in, started running up the uh, the right side of the sideline. He was uh, he was celebrating. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills put it out on social media. I've not seen if they have yet, but it was one of those fun camp moments, and um, you know, a lot of activity. You know, I didn't write about it in my observations. I probably should have. Maybe I'll go back and add it. One rep in particular that Von Miller. Absolutely just wrecked David Questenberry. I mean, yeah. I mean, this was kid at the candy store and he just set him up for a spin move. And abs- it was like one of those where Questenberry was just kind of like out on his front, uh, on the tips of his toes. And you were almost wondering if he was going to face plan. He missed it so badly. Von Miller was in the back. And I think Keenum was. Uh, no, I think it was Josh Allen. He got rid of the ball or it might have been a, it, it was close. It could have been a sack, but they don't really blow the whistles. There's no refs here yet. Uh, it was a really, really good, good play. And I thought that, you know, the Bills defensive line all day, my point being is that they were really doing a good job of, of, of putting pressure on all three quarterbacks. Uh, this play in particular, David Questenberry in at right tackle. Uh, Spencer Brown returned to practice today. Uh, he was behind him on the second team. Um, we could talk about that. And, you know, there was a little bit of loosened 
guidelines, restrictions uh, after practice today, just because it is an open practice. And so you'll kind of see that if you're out there. I, I know that that was kind of percolating uh, elsewhere uh, today. Cody Ford in at right uh, or left guard for Roger Saffold. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of monitor Spencer Brown over the next couple of weeks. This is his first practice after missing all of the spring. And so you figure it's going to be kind of a walk before you run. And you know how Sean McDermott's love, look, McDermott loves to make guys earn it. Even second right. year guys, third year guys, it might be a little while before he, you know, gets that, uh, you know, that starting gig back, but we'll, we'll see. Questenberry started 17 games last year, right? Yeah. So first and foremost with the defensive tackles, Tim Settle, uh, I I've said it for a while now. I, I'm a big fan of Tim Settle and his game. I, I like what he brought for the Washington commanders over the course of his career. There uh, made a name for himself, despite that entire defensive line being nothing but first rounders. He always seemed to be making a splash play here and there. Uh, I think that in this rotation that the bills will roll out at some point this year, he'll, he'll have his fair share of snaps and you have um, so many other talented defensive tackles now in this lineup you already mentioned uh some of them but uh, i really like the fact that you're already starting to see some big plays in mind you it was a really bad throw by case keenum as you mentioned in terms of the offensive lineman uh spencer brown you nailed it perfectly matt sean mcdermott doesn't want to hand anything to players even if they were in that starting role last year you weren't here for the spring we're going to start you out at a certain you know with a certain team you got to work your way back up to that to that role to that spot Show us that you've earned that role, that you deserve to be the starter. I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. Uh, Questenberry, though, he has the experience. Cody Ford, this is the opportunity, Matt, that you've been talking about now for, what, a, a good month now saying, hey, all you need is that opportunity, and maybe you can kind of prove yourself. Does Ford have an opportunity to get a starting job out of the gate? I don't think so. Uh, and obviously, right now, it's because of a – car accident that's keeping Roger Saffold off the field. He was in a car accident a few uh, weeks ago and he injured his ribs. They said that not experiencing much pain now just can't sleep with, uh, with that. And that's obviously not ideal for someone you want to have out there on the field starting. So once he's back up to speed, once the trainers have say he has the go ahead, you're going to have him in the starting lineup, but this is a great opportunity for Cody Ford. I'm really interested to see what it looks like in in the game situation, right? Like, of course, and obviously the padded practices as well. Even Brandon Bean made a good note today that it's really hard to evaluate these guys until the pads come out in the in the trenches because you know you're you're kind of pulling up. And I I I, I talk about the Von Miller rep. I mean, there's not really a lot that you know David Questenberry is going to do there in terms of no pads, not being able to kind of use your leverage and your physicality, especially on a guy that they just gave $120 million to. <laughs> that's, that's probably not your first training camp practice. If you're David Questenberry wanting to make, you know, go out there and be part of any type of injury situation for him. So I, you know, that's kind of funny. Um, let's get to Khalil Shakir a little bit because I thought he was really, really active today. You know, Jessica asked before we get onto that, did, did Ford look lighter and in better shape? I don't necessarily think that he looked lighter but I do think the fact that he's playing injury free is going to allow him to be a little bit, you know, move a little bit better. The real updates in the trenches though, like I mentioned, Jessica is going to come this next, this, this next weekend when we finally get to see them, what they look like with pads on. Um, Shakir was awesome today. This was the first day where he was just splashing around practice, doing a lot of, um, you know, uh, work 
uh, in that short to inter- intermediate range of the field. And he's, he's really explosive, Ryan. That's one of the big takeaways from today is that he gets in and out of his cuts really quickly. He's still wearing a, a bit of a tape situation going on, on on the one leg. Remember back in, uh, I think it was rookie mini camp. He might've missed a practice or two. Uh, he still has a pretty heavy tape job there. Uh, RJ asked about surprises. We'll get there next. Uh, but I thought Shakir looked really good today. And I, I really don't think there's going to be – I'd like to talk to him about this, but I'm really curious to see if he won't end up fitting into more of a versatile role. Like I know a lot of people talk about him in the slot, and I can't really get too much into where specifically he played today. I know it might be out there in some in some places, but I, I do think that he might be able to contribute elsewhere. He's got that kind of explosiveness in his route running. Uh, I'm very interested to see how they use him and deploy him once the game starts. Yeah, and listen, Khalil Shakir was that player that draft analysts said if the Bills would have taken him late on day two, they would have loved the pick. There are a lot of uh, draft experts for praising that pick. There was a uh, Brandon Bean saying that he got some angry texts after taking Khalil Shakir when he did in the fifth round. So the value is there clearly. A lot of the same uh, executives on teams thought that the potential was there for Shakir to be an impact player in this league. And, and for the Bills, you know, the good news is you don't have to rush him onto the field by any, you know, stretch of the imagination when you have Jamison Crowder and you have Isaiah McKenzie, who are those slot type of players. But if Khalil Shakir forces his way onto the field and he looks the part, he shows that he can have some position versatility, then that's even better for this Bills roster that you can line him up in different ways, get him onto the field. So just like we talked about with James Cook, Terrell Bernard, some of these rookies are making a great first impression. Speaking of making a great first impression, man, when you walk into a value home centers and you sign up for best rewards, I think you could do it even on their website, man, you, you get deals right off the jump. They give you a coupon to start and it's one of the best loyalty programs around customers earn points for purchases every day that will bring them more savings. Veterans and active military earn double points on every purchase every day. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. What is up, everybody? This is Matt Perino from Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast here to talk to you about prize picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you could turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. You could turn $10 into $1,000 with NBA, NHL, and college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT. S-H-O-U-T for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use the code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100.
Where do you want to go next, Ryan Talbot? Let's talk about someone you alluded to a little bit earlier when you mentioned some drops, Matt. Let's get some of the the, the bad news out of the way here. Dawson Knox is one of my, if I was giving out a media award, like for best interview, like just best overall guy, Knox would be in the running, like him and Micah Hyde, Poyer, uh, they're, they're all up on, up on that list. So, you know, it's, it's tough dogging on them, but, and it's, and it's an unpadded practice, but something that happened a couple of years ago with him when he was going through that, you know, those drops in, in his rookie and second season, more so in the rookie year, it, it kind of fixed things. He was working with the tennis balls and or the ping pong balls, and he did a lot of different things. Anytime he has a practice with multiple drops, it's almost like your antennas go up a little bit. And today, the first one was the Bernard situation where I thought I was at a distance. I couldn't really tell if it was a drop or a pass breakup. But later in practice, Josh Allen had him on a, or it might have been actually Keenum, had him on a, on, on a short uh, route. And, it, and he delivered it in pretty, pretty good. I mean, there wasn't anybody around him. And Dawson Knox just dropped the ball. And if that's something that pops up, it went out and they, they signed O.J. Howard. But after that, there is not a lot of proven depth at the tight end position. Quentin Morris had a really spectacular catch today. Maybe the catch of the day. Back in the end zone, kind of like a sliding catch. Was able to get his body down, get, it, get himself in bounds. Made a nice splash on day one. I mean, that's the depth. Uh, conversation. One of those three guys, J- uh, Jalen Weidemeyer, Tommy Sweeney, or Quentin Morris, one of those guys has to impress enough to win a spot. And today, I think it was Quentin Morris who who made the mo- the biggest splash play of the day. But between Howard and Knox, I mean, that's really who you're going to lean on at the tight end position. And if Knox runs into a situation potentially this year where drops become a problem again, A, can OJ Howard handle uh, a tight end one role in this offense, knowing where he's been injury-wise, where he's at with this offense? I'm not projecting that, but just, you know, thinking about potential possibilities. Once you, when when you've had drop issues at one point in your career, I think that, you know, the fan base, especially, you're always kind of worried about that kind of problem popping up again. Yeah, absolutely. But to Knox's credit, there were practices last summer where we talked about drops and he went on to have the best season of his career, almost 600 yards receiving nine touchdowns. Uh, he, he had a nice um, playoff run as well. I, I thought that he had obviously his best season up to this date. So I'm not worried too much about it yet, but to your point, it's the depth behind him. If, if he does have issues with drops with confidence, who is going to step up in that role? What can you expect from OJ Howard, uh, who we mentioned had looked a little bit slow earlier this spring when he was out there on the field. It might've been getting used to the playbook, uh, might just be kind of, you know, getting used to this offense just in general, where he's lining up, what he's doing, but uh, you want this offense to have weapons across the board. And I think Dawson Knox is a weapon at the end of the day at tight end and he'll be fine. But, when you have two drops in the first price that needs to be mentioned. Now, Matt, uh, you were asked a little bit about some surprises today. And obviously Quentin Morris, I think was one of them. Do you have another one in mind? I, I, I do. First of all, I want to shout out this funny comment from Joshua Allen over on Facebook. Uh, I think Knox will be fine. He probably <laughs> is just a little rusty. He'll ratchet it up during camp. Uh, you know, that's one of my favorite sayings. So thank you for that, Joshua. Yeah, so the other guy, I, you know, looking through my notebook, and I saw his name written down four or five times, and it was nothing spectacular or anything like that, a play that I, I really need to write about. But I thought, you know, Zach Moss looked really crisp today, really fast. I thought he looked, you know, like he was moving around really well. I think he had one catch in the passing game, had a, a rushing touchdown in the red zone. He was just moving well. And, you know, it. just thinking back on the entire practice, 
if I was ranking them between the three running backs in terms of who stood out, Cook had himself a nice day. I might even put um, Moss above Cook in, in that I just felt like he was really performing well today. And it was, again, no pads. And the dynamic of Moss's game is like you almost at times wonder like, all right, you need the pads for Moss to have a really standout practice. Well, he didn't need it today. So I think that's a good sign that maybe he's in a really good place health-wise. I thought Zach Moss had a really nice practice today. And that's big for him because this is a bigger year than I think some anticipate where while the Bills like having those rookies that are under the the favorable contracts for a few seasons, uh, I don't think he is a roster locked by any stretch of the imagination when you have Singletary, you have Cook, you brought in Duke Johnson to compete. Uh, despite him being more so of a pass catcher throughout his career, he ran the ball uh, a lot in Miami, and he was effective doing so, averaging over four yards per carry last season. So Moss needs to step up, and he he's had some struggles at camp over the, the last few seasons. And to start out on a good note, that's a good thing for Zach Moss. It's a good thing for this team. Brandon Bean alluded to the fact that he was coming off of an injury last year, couldn't cut in a certain direction. That affected his play. So, so far, so good, at least with Zach Moss. Let's get into Jordan Poyer here. Uh, he came on the field. He got himself a nice uh, ovation when he got there. Nobody's was bigger than Josh Allen, although I think Von Miller's was close. Von Miller got a big one. Diggs got a big one, but he was there very early on in the day in practice. So, you know, we talked to Poyer after practice, and Drew Rosenhaus uh, was it's in attendance. And we talked to him after practice. He's in town. He's obviously coming to support, likely support his new client. But he's going to have some conversations with Brandon Bean. And we, we got to ask Brandon Bean about that after practice as well. He's like, I have a great relationship with Drew Rosenhaus. We have conversations about this all the time. This It's not like he Drew Rosenhaus came to Pittsburgh to, you know, kickstart a conversation about Jordan Poyer. I think this is something that's been going on throughout the summer. And, you know, I don't know if this necessarily means that things are close. Jordan Poyer said, we'll see. He seems to be in a really good place. He said that, you know, he wanted to come to training camp to prove, you know, the noise that he's heard all off season. And again, I think sometimes players like might see something like one thing, one place, and then turn it into like a motivational tool tool. I don't know if there's a ton of people screaming from the rooftops that Jordan Poyer is going to lose a step this season. If anything, I think there's a little bit more pro Poyer players, uh, people out there than anything. But listen, players are exceptional at finding one little thing to, to motivate them. And, you know, Poyer's coming in. He says he's in the best shape of his life. He felt like he had the best offseason of his career, and he wants to come to training camp to prove that he hasn't lost a step. He's ready to go. And Brandon Bean was asked, point blank today like do you think safeties at, after the age of 30 typically you know start to fall off and he said like there's been examples where guys have played well into their 30 so i think it just has to be a situation where they all come together they can get a deal done that works for both sides i'm not writing that off i don't think that necessarily rosenhaus being here means that anything is imminent but it wouldn't surprise me at any point during training camp or even before the season if they don't work something out and I think Poyer, to his credit, he made the right first decision, and that was not holding out. It was coming here, getting out of the field, showing that he wants to help this team win games, that he wants to be a leader for this team that he's been uh, over the course of his career. In terms of you know players finding that motivation, I, I will say that he's kind of outspoken on social media when, when they get uh, the, the safeties get bashed a little bit. Pro Football Focus had something where the Bills were like the number six uh, defensive back group in the league, and he, and he he made sure to pinpoint that or take note of that. I know there was an ESPN Insider article with executives 
And someone said they thought Poyer had maybe one good elite uh, level year left due to his age. Uh, but to, to his credit, he's played great football the last few years. He, he's looked great on the field. There's no reason for me to believe that he's going to just lose a step just because. And you've mentioned this before, too. You look at early on in his career, he didn't have a ton of reps during his time in Cleveland early on. Uh, he obviously had the lacerated uh, spleen or the injury that ended his, his final season in Cleveland as well. That's when he was finally kind of working his way into a he was in a starting role and he was playing more. But it's not like the Bills got this player that had all this. Uh, these snaps under his belt and and things like that. So I think he could be effective for a few more seasons. He's doing everything the right way this offseason. So maybe Brandon Bean, like you said, Matt, maybe he and Drew Rosenhaus come into an agreement that's going to make uh, Poyer happy in the short term, give him that payday that he does deserve coming off of an all-pro season. Alex Barber on YouTube says, I thought Poyer lost a step uh, last year. Alex is always in the chat. Uh, no shade here, but I don't see that. I, I I think he had the best season of his career last year in all, you know, departments. I mean, when you talk about from a player perspective, what they asked Jordan Poyer to be, not only in this defense, but just in the NFL in general, cover, t- cover tight ends, cover slot guys occasionally, the speedy guys, get in the box, be physical and tackle, cover deep. Be your best, one of your best, um, you know, coverage options in the secondary. You know, five interceptions last year, the sack numbers, the tackle numbers. He was absolutely electric, I thought, last year. Yeah, I agree with that. And and, uh, Alex mentioned the tackling wasn't as devastating as it used to be. Um, You know, there were a lot of missed tackles on this team in general, especially if you go to the playoff game against the Chiefs, if that's like the last thing in your memory. Uh, but overall, I agree, man. That was his best season of his career in 2021. Where do you want to go next, buddy? Well, I mean, first of all, I want to just say the dorm looks pretty spacious. And I wanted to ask for your take on the toilet paper because I heard Von Miller saying, you know, he was a little stunned at 33 to enter a dorm room. The The toilet paper wasn't up to his standard. So, you, you know, you, you're pushing 40 here, Mr. Perino. And I'm wondering, is, is the toilet paper up to par for you? Uh, I think you're loving the dorm life, you know, obviously missing the fam, but look at that. I got a fresh roll right here. It's a Hilliard roll, uh, green select choice. So very uh, environmentally friendly. Yeah. All right. So a couple of things about this. First and foremost, I don't know if this is the same paper that he uses. I'll have to kind of follow up on that. But if it is. Not too thick, you know, you don't want it to be too thick and uh, it is one ply, I believe. What, what 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 kind of ply guy are you? Single oh, I'm ply, a two, two ply. ply? No, I'm a two ply. I'm a two ply. See, got, got I like to be yourself, Matt. Treat yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a huge problem with this. It's kind of like graded on the one side, very soft on the other, very typical of the toilet paper situation. I got to tell you, I'm not a very picky toilet paper guy. Okay, that that's fair. I was a little worried when you I said gotta you, were say, it, you were gonna test it out on the show. I didn't know where you were going uh, with that. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just gonna actually open it and just feel it. I, I don't want to go too far far down the rabbit hole. All right, but yeah, I say good. I will also say, and listen, I don't like to give a free advertisement free advertisement away, but dude wipes, big fan. Mm. Big fan. What is, what was that comment? What was that comment? Bring that up again. Need to rename this the shh. Buffalo Bills poop. 
Just a one-time uh, thing. We promise. Listen, it was in the news, okay? Von Miller brought it's it up. True. He wanted to talk about the um, you know, the toilet paper. So I thought I'd bring it to you. I don't know if that's actually the same one. They might have actually even a different toilet paper for the Bills players. I don't know. But we're in Dorsey Hall. So it's like right down the left side. Like if you're if you're walking in from training camp, it'll be on your right side right before you get to the fields. But everything's going again, Ryan. They got all the like, the games out in the uh, the parking lot. Uh, they got the autograph sessions. Anywhere else you want to go before we get out of here? No, I think that everything was covered really well. Loved seeing the atmosphere there, though. The fans going wild for you mentioned it, Alan getting the the royal welcome, so to speak. The cheering. He almost he had to acknowledge it. Not that he wouldn't have, but it was so loud for him. Diggs and Von Miller, Miller staying after signing things, signing babies and the jerseys, Allen signing for kids. And listen to anyone that goes to camp wants an autograph. I don't fault anyone for that, but I do absolutely love the fact that Josh Allen is always looking for the kids and the kids first. That's his MO. Um, So kudos to him for that. Just something I've noticed over the years. And they pointed it out again today when he was going through, he was making sure every child that was in that area was getting his signature. So kudos to Josh for that. I, um, I don't love the adults asking for autographs. Not a fan. It's fair. Not a fan. I mean, if you're a diehard fan and and you're like, you're older and the autograph, like, I mean, I guess that would, but again, I don't really have a problem with somebody asking for a picture either. I don't know. I do think we, as a as a, a sports community, though, we should prioritize the kids. And maybe that's just me talking about, like, from a from the vantage point of a father. But like, if I if I'm in a crowd of people, if I see a crowd of people, and there's some adult kind of pushing somebody that way, or you know, at a baseball game, and somebody's trying to get a, a foul ball and take it away and not not give it to a kid, I don't know. I don't love it. Yeah, no, I, I can I can agree with that. I know that some people though they they take their man cave pretty seriously. And I don't know if they buy the the jerseys or if they uh, go around and get signatures. However, that is, and you know, I, I I don't fault people with that. I've seen some impressive ones over the years, uh, but you're right, kid first. That that should, is the way it is and the way it should be. All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Day one in the books. I'm actually going back to Buffalo. Um, had a lot of stuff to do. Uh, so I, I couldn't get all my stuff. I had to kind of rush over here this morning. So I'm going to go back to Buffalo. I'll be back, uh, overnight starting tomorrow. Uh, and we'll be back bright and early, uh, expect observations a little sooner. They went live today at about three, probably be live a little bit sooner tomorrow. We had Brandon Bean today, Vaughn, Josh Allen, and Jordan Poyer after practice. So a lot of media kind of, uh, um, you know, delayed things a little bit. Text value, V-A-L-U, to 80692. That's 80692. Join Value Home Center's text program. You receive a $10 off a $40 coupon. Plus, be the first to know about new promotions, deals, and new products. For Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. Hit that like button. Subscribe before you go. We'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy your night. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.